Hello and welcome back to Cracked. It's not crocked, hopefully it's not crap. It's definitely not scrapped, it's not dapped, and it's not crack cocaine, unfortunately. It's Cracked. Cracked is a podcast on FBI radio that cracks open the creative process. I'm Al, I'm a curator, a musician, and unfortunately, I flunked out of psychology at Macquarie University. I'm Luke, and I'm an engineer with a complete degree who likes mangroves. We're here to overanalyze and maybe find a bit of meaning along the way. We may be underqualified in some areas, <clears throat> me, but we're here on a mission to crack open the ideas that tie together music across genres and styles. Between different tastes and techniques, and the odd joke to crack each other up. Today. On, on today. On today. Today. We are discussing rap voices, which I think will be pretty fun. We've got a lot of different angles and approaches to it. Usually we like to start with a little bit of a definition, but do, do I need to define a rap voice? We've been hyped to do rap voices. <laughs> we've been doing the stupidest voices <laughs> when we've been rehearsing, coming thought, up with different things. I thought that was, those were your normal voice. I thought that's how you sound. I sound like this all the time, like the Cookie Monster. Al has a child is allowed to do Cookie Monster impressions. <laughs> Anyone else, that would be unacceptable. My voice doesn't go much higher than this, unfortunately. Really? No. I, you can hear it in my natural inflection. Yeah, I, I always sound hungover <coughs> when we do radio. Are you hungover? Podcasting. No, I'm yeah. in a bed at 9pm. That's, that's pretty good. Damn. I'm exhausted. For reference, it's a Sunday morning and it's, no, it's like midday. Yeah, yeah you should be pretty wide awake. Yeah. Rap voices. What are we going to talk about with rap voices, Al? There's a lot to cover. We're going <laughs> to hit themes on... I don't know why that's funny. We're going <laughs> to hit themes such as self-actualization through rapping. Uh, the artist projection versus the self, which may sound heady, but it's actually quite a simple concept that we all do in everyday life. Um, we're going to talk about playing a character and embodying a world through your voice. Uh, and obviously, we've got to get into the nitty-gritty of the rap game mm. and standing out from the competitors, the beefs. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get beefs. stabbed in the back. I'm I've always been. watching my back when I'm recording with Luke. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, I'm a very hostile individual. Um, yeah, I'm, Al is he, definitely... He is hostile, and he's real hostile about aging in rap. Which yeah. is close to my heart. Yeah. Considering I'm the resident millennial. Yeah. Are you so you're, so you're what a millennial looks like? Like I've only seen like content yeah, of ancient, them online. Ancient, sad, I'm, depressed. I don't think I've seen one washed in real life. <laughs> Al's very successful. If you didn't know that, Al's done a lot of cool stuff. I, I went on his website the other day. I was like, I have holy a website. shit! Yeah, yeah. I forget I have a website. It's pretty cool. You've done some cool things. That's but for another time. Al doesn't need more smoke blown up his ass. He's already got a big enough head. Look, we're also going to talk about the rap voice. And this one's a bit more serious as journalism, kind of storytelling and how pronunciation, pronunciation, I can't even pronounce properly pronunciation. I say pronunciation. Pronunciation and how different inflections can affect what is projected for a rapper. Mm -hmm. But we're going to kick off with a fun one and one that is very close to both of our hearts. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're going to talk about Quasimodo and uh, their alter ego, Madlib, or vice versa. You probably know Madlib as the very successful producer behind much of MF Doom's, RIP MF Doom's uh, discography. And if you didn't know, he's got his own little solo stuff where he channels... It's not very little. Oh, he's, yeah, he's got a few albums. Just and a few, like countless yeah. albums. <laughs> A couple features across the actual MF Doom albums as well. Um, he's got his own little discography. And part of him making his own discography as such a talented producer and uh, being so well-versed in the craft of the beats, um, he just never really liked how his voice sounded on them. So he kind of pitched them up and decided to change his like stage name when he's rapping in this up-pitched tone. He would also get wasted. I didn't know that he got oh, really. Oh yeah, he'd get hammered. He would be in the bunker of Stone's Throw Records, 
and he will just get wasted on Hennessy, I think it is. Yeah. There's a documentary. Really? I need to watch Stone Throw Records. It's oh, great. That sounds really cool. I actually had no idea about yeah, that. And he was basically locked locked himself up. Really? In this, in this joint. Would be stoned out of his mind all yeah. day. I mean... Get wasted and then get out of all of his frustrations and his kind of... It sounds very serious, but it's not. His kind of inner id... His inner turmoil. Yeah, his Mm. id. What's an id? An id is a Freudian term that is like your most basic, Uh, raw, primal impulses. Yes. And so what a lot of what Quasimodo raps about is really debased. He's almost like a WWE character. It's so over the top. But it's in this pitched up voice, so it sounds like a cartoon. Yeah. And I think it's really appropriate that the visualization of Quasimodo is all this cartoon character mm. that kind of looks like a yellow stoned dog. Yeah, yeah. I do appreciate the art style. I think that definitely sets the tone as well. It kind of encapsulates the entire idea of it being a bit caricaturesque, a bit like detached from actual reality. Yeah, and this is a this is a big strain of rap music now, but this was mind-blowing when it first happened in the yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, a lot of artists, even some of like the most mainstream and prevalent like dare I say it I don't want to be like oh Kendrick Lamar does it as well but Kendrick Lamar does it as well oh um, yeah Mac Big Miller time. did it as well he oh yeah Delusional Thomas that was his one I think mm. um, but yeah it's becoming a very very prevalent let's get into it let's listen to some Quasimodo hit it off on a fun note yeah get in touch with your inner id Oh, id, well, every time you say id now, I'm just going to think of Freudian and I'm going to think Freudian and I'm going to think you're about You're overthinking. Fight, like, yeah. But every time someone you're says such Freudian. such a classic engineer. Freudian just associates like, oh, I find my mom hot kind of vibes. Which track are we listening to? <laughs> um, I'm going to play the first track. It is a nice contrast of both. So I found that uh, Quasimodo slash Madlib in their more recent projects lost this fear they kind of started rapping in their own vocals and this track kind of encapsulates both which i think is one really good to show on the program but also it's an absolute banger it goes really hard um it's called brothers can't see me i'll let you listen to it now you're listening to crack you're listening to on crack you're listening to 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 crack you we on it like a witch hunt. I recommend Astro Black when you talk about trying to stitch stunts. Told him motivate the digger up the crates infested. Luke Digger be heard every state molested. Why you trying to cross over, Black? I'll be getting high, keeping it fat. Baby, welcome to the party. Huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skate in a Rari. Baby, welcome to the party. Bitch, I'm a duck. Give me lit. Gun on my head. One in the head, head. set in the clip, clip. baby, 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 baby. Baby, don't trip. baby don't trip, just lower your tone, cause you can get hit, don't let that be in my system, I get your body, next day I forget it, next day I forget it, so after the very high-pitched squealing effects of Mad Lib in Quasimodo form, did you like the song I picked out? Oh, yeah, it was like perfect Sunday mood. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's the perfect mood at any point in your life. Like, mm. if you listen to this at work and you're a bit whatever, if you're listening in bed, trying to get to sleep, it's just Quasimodo fits everything. It's so perfect. You know what doesn't fit everything? What? Pop smoke, oh. welcome to the party. <laughs> or, Sorry, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if that's cultural appropriation, <laughs> but whenever I hear Pop Smoke's voice, R.I.P., he died in 2020. <laughs> I sound like I sound like I'm 90 years old, but he just has this such insanely gravelly voice. He is like the Tom Waits of rap music. I could forgive the Cookie Monster voice. I don't know what I can do about this. Oh one. my god! When we talked about doing rap voices for an episode of Cracked. Pop Smoke was the first person that came into her head because he's so larger than life. Yeah. But 
it's honestly him. Mm. I I don't think he's putting it on. Like that it's, New York drill rap scene, which he was a pioneer of, oh, is yeah. so grimy. Well, and everyone, whenever people say like Brooklyn drill, like it, the term Brooklyn is so vexed because mm. people think of like gentrification. gentrification. Yeah, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> but Pop Smoke, he's seen things. And yeah. Well, that's the whole point of drill, right? I thought like the basis of drill was like, I'm rapping about me stabbing your, your brother on the streets. Like it's like a, it is song to like kind of go to war like yeah, you are it's interesting because drill was born in the uk yeah yeah but yeah, rap yeah. music was born in the us so yes. it's kind of this circular well, notion the, i feel like this kind of drill was born in the uk because of course yeah. it's like I th- from my understanding chief keith yeah was the godfather of drill oh yeah am that's i mistaken true. that's true and i have a strange way how i found out about brooklyn drill okay. and pop smoke in particular I was at the MCA for their Primavera show okay, in yeah. 2019. My friend uh, Cohen was in it. Cool. Uh, he's a friend of an associate of Trackwork and VVP and all of that jazz. And I bumped into Austin there, who I hadn't seen in a while, who is better known as the producer Utility, who makes all of the Trackwork music. And he was like, you have to hear Pop Smoke. And I was working at the Opera House at the time as a curator. And he's like, you need to get onto this stuff. It's effing amazing. Yeah, you can swear. And <laughs> I'm, I'm too old for swearing at this point. I have a child. <laughs> and you are my child. Yeah. yeah. And it just blew me away. And it's really sad that he died so early. Like yeah. he died in 2020. He's like 22 years old or something. Yeah. I guess that's kind of, I don't know. I think that comes a bit with the territory. I guess when you're rapping about literally like, uh, I will kill you. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's this is where the rap voice is kind of journalistic, mm. and it's it's diaristic. It is personal storytelling, but it's a form of journalism that I think we're seeing more and more of. And without getting too heavy, people aren't able to trust traditional media outlets. So, rap music is kind of almost the original going on Instagram or yeah. TikTok and detailing your personal experience yeah. of global issues. Yeah. And it, it's like directly, it's a first, it's a first hand source. Oh that, yeah. And I you think, can feel it the yeah. way he is yeah. emoting. Which Even, emoting is a strange term talking about rap voices, especially in this era and this style of rap. Fortnite emotes. <laughs> <laughs> and emo rap is a totally different thing. It but is. I think he is an expert at emoting through his voice. Every time you say emote, I just see someone doing the L dance <laughs> or some shit. Like, and for, for reference, I don't play Fortnite. That is why I am a millennial <laughs> and you are a Gen Z. Emotive or expression. Or Gen Z or Z. Gen Z? Zia? Zuma? Zuma. I'm born 99. Okay, Zuma. How old were you when Kanye's... And this is on topic. When Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out. <laughs> it came out in 2010. Um, I w- fuck, I would have been like 11. Man, what's with all the swearing today? So- oh, sorry. I'm too soft for the swearing. Sorry. Oh, fudge. I would have been like 11. Are you even old enough to swear? <laughs> so you're 11 when this album came out. Wow. So most of your life has been lived in the atrocities of recent Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. Many atrocities. I mean... That reminds me of Danny Brown Atrocity Exhibition. Well, we're going to get into that in a second. Yeah. But talking about rap voices, just the complete opposite of journalistic detail and the grittiness of life mm. has to be Nicki Minaj's oh. verse on Monster. That honest, that is, I like, that is the best verse on the entire, like, uh, not oh, to be yeah. like very rap, bro. I love rap. It's the best thing ever. Let's discuss my beautiful dark twisted fantasy <laughs> to no end and why it's the best hip hop album of all time. Um, not to like engage in that kind of red, not rhetoric, I guess discussion, but it's pretty clear and obvious. The best verse on that album is the yeah. human And it's like fierce in a completely different way to pop smoke but it's completely cartoonish as well again in a different way to quasimodo even in subject matter and stuff like that it's well the whole theme of the song is like monster it's like a bit like cartoonish frankenstein you get jay-z's verse is also pretty cute it taps into the eminem-ness of rap music where it's almost like you can imagine the mcdonald's ad where kids (laughs) 
kids kind of try to rap along and you see like the little bouncing kind of ball over uh, the, over uh, the like words. karaoke yeah exactly kind of yes it's completely karaoke she has yeah. like four different voices yeah yeah she she does also she has such like strong tone and inflection like even the way she holds syllables and things like that i yeah. think it's gorgeous and the thing is is she's metaphorically murdering <laughs> the other rappers on this track Kanye obviously Jay-Z Rick Ross yeah whereas, whereas in Brooklyn Drill people are <laughs> literally getting murdered, murder them. which isn't funny but it yeah. is in comparison to what Nikki's doing on this yeah well it, yeah the verse definitely did in, I don't know it just made me a barb I'm like wow Nicki Minaj fantastic amazing phenomenal and this is a wildly great example of something that's really pertinent in quote-unquote the rap game is standing out from your competitors yeah yeah because more so than other genres it is incredibly competitive and historically has been there's a sense of pride in competing against your peers i guess that's like where the same like oh i'm a student of the game kind of comes from where you understand like you need to kind of understand the contextual history to kind of like get into it yeah and building off your your past yeah yeah yeah. i guess well not to be like a lot of people talk about like oh i'm your like og or whatever i guess that is a bit of like you can be an og anything you have an og burger (laughs) (laughs) al you're my og this is an og day This is this is this day is original gangster. <laughs> My phone is OG. Oh, that's such an original OG gang. OS like four. It's Bro, falling is, apart. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going? <laughs> Al's phone looks mangled to shit for reference. It's 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 a Brooklyn drill artist. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, this is becoming unhinged. Yeah. It's cracked, one could say. <laughs> this is cracked on FBI Radio, by the way. Thank you for providing us a platform to say these things. Shout out, Darren. Uh, but before I let Al commit any more atro- atrocious statements, I want to keep it with the... You said we could talk about atrocity abiction, exhibition before. I have to ask Al for permission before I bring up a topic. He's like the parental figure in the room. You can bring up Danny Brown. <laughs> I, I have some Danny Brown stories. I, like what? Like, yeah. Well, I met Danny on his first tour. He yeah, played, you, you would know He played Danny at the Brown. Opera House. And when he first came out, mm. as in, in the sense of... When was like, this? He was got like, big, like Triple X. Triple X, yeah. yeah. It's like big, big mixtape. Mm. Uh, he was kind of quite a cartoonish character, kind of like Nicky. Yeah, he hadn't um, fixed his teeth yet either. No, and he had very spiky hair and yeah. he was very goth and skinny jeans before yeah. like any rappers dressed like that. Yeah. And then went to meet him at the venue... And he's insanely tall. Yeah, isn't he like 6'4", six, 6'7"? Six, yeah, seven? and he's also like every great comedian in that he's incredibly serious. Okay. And he seems depressed. I think and that's just him in general. I'm not ever intimidated by famous people. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. But he was intimidating oh. as a presence in the awkwardness of the intensity of the silence. But it made a hell of a lot more sense when he released Atrocity Exhibition. Yeah, yeah. We unpackaged, like, the depths of his, like, mangled soul. Oh, yeah. And I really felt the depths of his mangled soul when I went to Splendor for work, like, a couple years later. Oh, yeah. And then these kids came up to me. When I say kids, they would have been your age at, at least the time. 18. Yeah. <laughs> and they were convinced that I was Danny Brown. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And... I laughed as well. My friends <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing in the world, but the weirdest bit was they obviously I denied it. I'm like, I'm clearly not Danny Brown. <laughs> so for context, I'm half Chinese, half English, so I'm Eurasian looking, definitely not black, definitely not six foot four, whatever. And these kids were convinced that I was playing it off cool and I was just undercover. And they forced me to take a photo with them. <laughs> So my friend took their photo with Danny Brown. <laughs> well, I know Danny Brown now. This is so cool. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah, Al does not look like Talk about Danny atrocity Brown. exhibitions. That that's yeah. splen- I've never been in Splendor in Grass since. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you can look at an online image of Danny Brown and recognize that's that what this I thought. Chinese but there actually isn't much phone reception at Splendor in the Grass. <laughs> so I couldn't look up an image. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you couldn't be like, look, it's not me. No, and mind you, this would have been like 2013 as yeah, well. Yeah. He hadn't... Well, he was still pretty big at 20. He was in his like... That was um, old. Was that when old had come out? No, so when, I think that was Atrocity Exhibition era. 2013? No way. No, okay. 2016 is Atrocity Exhibition. Uh, it could have been 2016. Okay, fair. Uh, when you get yeah, to my age, it all just They all just blur out. together. But it was interesting hearing uh, his, his kind of path of things. I've heard he had like a really rough time. Well, Atrocity Exhibition, the thing about it is it's still in the red. It's mm. never made money. Like he's paid so much for samples and all this other kind of stuff and features on that album. It literally is still negative for his label or whatever. Mm. Um, but as well from there, apparently he had like a t- horrid time. Mm. Like he literally went broke. Like wow. After Atrocity Exhibition. For reference, some of the, the, the people on Atrocity Exhibition, as in like feature artists, include like Kendrick Lamar, Absol, Earl Sweatshirt. That, literally everything I just named, that was one song that yeah. they're all featured <laughs> on. Um, and he, is, went, he went broke. Um, I think now he's popped back up and he, he I think he lost, he, his wife left mm. him or something yeah. of the sorts. And now he's kind of like coming back. And I think that's more the emergence of his new album, Quaranta. And what the, I mean, I really realized it was to celebrate him turning 40. Yeah. I was, it was like yeah, a sequel it's, to it's, Triple it's X. Italian. Ah, Qu- Italian. Quarantina. Quarant- uh, is that the word? Quarantina? I think so. Uh, okay, fair. Well, in regards to standing out, Danny Brown definitely does. Oh, purely through his voice. Yeah. Through his voice more so than his instrumentals at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think now he's kind of learnt to kind of make them a bit more cohesive i think yeah. atrocity exhibition as a whole is so abrasive so intense because well, he strangely can- like when we're talking about tapping into the history and the generations that came before the og so to speak he made a very clear maneuver when he worked with q-tip mm-hmm. who executive produced old Q-tip executive producer. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, ninety-nine percent so. Okay, Q-tip. interesting. And that was that's a real kind of classic East Coast. Yeah, that is like genius. a godfather of East Coast. Yeah, like, so I, I hold Q-tip. That, that so was hard. a real kind of move. Yeah, on his part, in the same way, and this may be a stretch, when LeBron James. <laughs> surpassed the scoring record in the NBA, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. who is an 70s and 80s icon yeah. in, in basketball and pop culture. Uh, Wait, metaphorically, was, like, passed him a ball, passed was, the baton to LeBron. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, the mega sexually promiscuous person? No, he was a pretty cool guy. He's was like, Larry he's Bird? one, like, journalist. No. Uh, maybe he's Larry Bird? No. Was, uh, Larry Bird's the white guy. No, okay, yeah, no, it was not Larry Bird. There was a basketball player that, like, slept with, like, 3,000 women in the span of, like, five years. Uh, maybe that's Carl Malone. Yeah. He's probably. pretty cancelled now. Uh, oh, fair. Yeah, fair. He, he, like, did well, some He did, shit. like, bad things. Oh, okay, yeah, fair. I mean, having uh, Kareem's, like, a pretty cool pretty, guy. Pretty cool guy? Yeah, okay, he, fair. He, he, like, it was big on, like, civil rights oh, stuff. Oh, good, good for and, Kareem. We and, like Kareem. And, like, black history and kind of supporting, um, yeah, anti-racism, basically. Yeah, good. I, I, I like that. I Before, really like, that. anti-racism was, was like yeah. <laughs> but he has an amazing <clears throat> substack that's worth following. Okay, like, he's an really? award-winning journalist. Really? I did not yeah. know that. Okay, fair. Yeah, he, like, he completely left basketball behind. So and whenever he gets asked about basketball... Yeah. He, annoys him oh, which fair. i love well i mean surely you can kind of expect it if you're literally one of the best basketball players of all time right yeah but he he even says he's been a journalist for longer than he played basketball at this point fair damn yeah well not to to to, to, to pull things back to danny brown um we're gonna share a track we're gonna prop i'm gonna i i think i get to choose this one right did you prefer to choose this one Hey, you're the Kareem. I'm the Kareem to your LeBron. <laughs> when you bring up LeBron, I just think of like his outrageous, like poor knowledge of everything. <laughs> what's, your, what's your top ten favorite NFL players? I mean, oh, there's just so many good ones. Chill out. Like he's dedicated his whole <laughs> life to the NBA, and he's been in basketball since he was a child. <laughs> and you want him to be able to <laughs> list 10 NFL players yeah just be able to like kick the shit with you yeah yeah. to be fair I uh, probably couldn't list 10 Gen NRL Zs players are so entitled <laughs> I'm gonna choose a track we're gonna play Ain't It Funny from Danny Brown which is an extremely abrasive track I'm pretty sure Jonah Hill 
wrote, uh, directed the music video for it, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, not much to say about him. He sucks. Yeah, he does suck as well. I had a sense he sucked from a long time ago. And what I do you mean he sucks as well? Like, are you putting him and LeBron in the same category? <laughs> LeBron's pretty alright. Le- okay, LeBron's cool, but Jonah Hill does suck. And I had a sense he sucked from long ago, and I went around telling everyone that he sucked. Uh, and now, purely and now you have a podcast to, <laughs> to get it out. All right, we're going to play Ain't It Funny from Danny Brown. Here it is. Danny Brown, mm-hmm. we're, we're reaching an interesting point in rap voices because so far each rapper has been quite boisterous or had a lot to say, not necessarily lyrically, but in their character and their presentation, their actual literal voice does half of the work. But when rappers get older, some different things and interesting things happen from a characterization point of view, but also a performance. And one of my personal favorite rappers, his name is Carr. He is in his mid fifties. He uh, runs or works at the um, a New York fire department. Oh, good, good he's for from, him. He's from Brownsville. Ah, cool. His wife uh, works at a big record label. Ah, yeah. And he raps in his downtime uh, after work and on breaks and he does all of his own production releases his own records he doesn't care about being big Jizza gave him his break back in the day and he's just been completely independent that's fucking sick and with every record that he puts out he just sits on the street and sells it himself by hand in front of a record store that is so sick he is a very philosophical guy his music Draws on things like Greek mythology. Okay, And cool. it's very bluesy. Uh, there's pretty much no bass in it. And he raps in a voice that is almost like this. It's like being on the inside. Like an internal monologue? It, it is literally in- like a meditative internal monologue. Internal non-monogamy. Where <laughs> we were talking about the id <laughs> and the subconscious earlier. Ah, uh, yeah. I think this is very much the conscious internal monologue that runs around people's brains okay so uh, almost head voice kind of yeah thing. like this is the di- internal dialogue that runs through your brain oh yeah have you ever watched like peep show no okay the entire premise of that show is like you can hear everyone's internal monologue and it's like from first person mm. which i think is interesting the way that ties i mean to it this. is interesting and it's also interesting to think about rap voices originally needing to be able to project over the noise and needing to kind of work against society's limitations and being able to record independently and release music independently has meant that artists like Carr can have quote-unquote careers or artistic expressions that exist almost completely outside of the system. Mm, mm. Like Carr doesn't perform live. There's, yeah, you can research it. There's a, there's a Red Bull Music Academy interview where they're like, would you perform live? And he's like, oh, people have asked, but it just doesn't really seem like the type of music that should be performed. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like it's it's distilled in its final form. It's, is it, would you say it's like overly, I wouldn't say overly intimate, but it's... Uh, this I think gets onto our topic, which will be a later episode. It was it's music he made for himself. Yeah, exactly. It 
could self-soothe one he is the audience yeah yeah and it's funny because a lot of like music industry knobheads yeah like you know you got to put your audience first and blah 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 yeah well this is the complete antithesis of that drawing upon my um my high school compulsory art education the four what is it the four like little levels of art it's like art art artist audience Mm. and like one other thing but I kind of appreciate when art is detached from the audience where it's like a pure creative expression. Like I find, I think similar to what you're saying, I see it a lot with like Dean Blunt. Um, oh even, yeah. yeah, big time. Yeah, like even in their kind of ambient-esque kind of times. Of course they have their similar mono- monologues. Is that even a word? Mm. Um, sim- <laughs> similar monologue-based uh, discussion and approach to their vocals. I find like a bit effortless, a bit internal dialogue i mean it's interesting that you mention the art world with respect to dean blunt because my friend who i was just talking to last night who lives in london and works at the ica which is the institute of contemporary art says that dean is walking around there all the time and he used to be an usher really yeah or whatever the walking art person people. is called the people that look at you funny when you try to yeah, touch yeah I, I was i was gonna say an intimidator <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's not their official titles but it's, <laughs> it is what they are yeah 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 well i know dean blunt has done like a bunch of like very questionable kind of artistic expressions like just kind of that seem almost half-assed and a bit like take the piss he's very british in that yeah. respect well, I mean, even his vocal inflection sounds... I mean, the the album art to his uh, project, the, the most recent Baby Father project, mm. um, it's disgusting. Like, not actually, like, intimidatingly gross, but it's, like, kind of horrific. You, do you remember, like, in 2018, when everyone was on, like, those two-wheeled, like, hoverboard oh, yeah. things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that with, like, yeah. the English flag. Wiz Khalifa <laughs> yeah. on his hoverboard in LAX. <laughs> It's literally that one of those. But this is almost the end game of if rap, the rap, the rap voice was to invert itself in a Christopher Nolan esque kind of manner. Yeah, this is where you end up. It's kind of well, it's counter rap voice. Yeah, you know, like the oh counter culture. Yeah. This counter rap voice. It, it literally sounds almost effortless. Like nothing is really coming through. Yeah, and I think this is what annoys people with Earl Sweatshirt a lot of the time. I really like he, it. I, am, I love Earl Sweatshirt. He's my number one on Spotify all oh, the time. nice. Screw Spotify. It's a different topic. <laughs> yeah, we don't appreciate Spotify. But, but the, if you want to promote our podcast, the anti The anti-rhyme. <laughs> yes. Is yeah. incredible. Well, I think it's interesting when you see in verses where there are such obvious rhymes that would fit almost too easily in a verse. Mm. And they go on like, be like, oh, no, not going to actually rhyme. Like I find um, Action Bronson. Mm. does that a lot that reminds me we can discuss him a little bit later bit of action Bronson stuff but for the time being do you have any car tracks you want to share yeah I think there's an appropriately titled one called I'm Tired which I really relate to from (laughs) 2022 Al is from an album called Woeful Studies this is depressing (laughs) stuff we truly have gone brought the energy down the longer this podcast goes. The, the, I think the key point we're trying to hit here is as you age, you get sad. Oh, yeah. Sad dad <laughs> over here. Well, I also want to share a Dean Blunt song. Um, it's just called Mugu off of Black Metal 2. Very, almost, I want to say folky, but a bit more like instrumental mm. based. Um, drawing on that super effortless, like, uh, it's just spoken word. I think it'll be fun. Here it is. Never needed weapons in my palms, my arms was dangerous Doing karate before we knew the potty, that's how they trained us, heinous Still naming our babies after these crazies and manders No criminal wicked in my original lipid, we became this Come to terms, either die from germs, or become tolerant Yakub troopers made us stupid, and now we proud of it Nuke food, nutrition removed, we devoured it All stems in the ghetto with men pedal, cause they deflowered it I'm tired of being an underdog
So far on Cracked, new podcast, thankfully, hopefully, produced by FBI Radio, we've hit a few themes regarding rap voices, primarily standing out from competitors, exploring a bit of the rap game, aging in rap, uh, rap voices as a form of journalism, kind of portraying the stories that aren't told by mainstream media, uh, and internal monologues kind of rap voices or their lack of but i felt like it was important to discuss the spans of rap voices outside of hip-hop most of what we've discussed has been pretty tried and true to what you define as classical hip-hop but i thought rap as a technique of course popularized by hip-hop and owes the majority of its influence to it but has found its way into so many different genres um, recently, or for a little while now, if you can't tell, I do have a uh, side promo. I have my own other little show on FBI Radio on <laughs> the bridge. How dare you cheat on me? <laughs> and if you ever listen to my show or my program on the bridge, you'll notice in my intro, I've got a Shady Nasty song. Shady Nasty, of course, the local Sydney Aura trio that do a bit of like alternative punk and hip hop is definitely not alternative punk. You know nothing. I know about nothing. Rock okay, music. they self-describe themselves as alternative, alternative punk, punk and hip hop inspired. Make it sound like mole punk. <laughs> What's mole punk? It's more like it's way closer to post-hardcore. Okay, like fair. it's got more of a Fugazi kind of energy. Okay, I don't know what Fugazi sounds. So like. there was post-punk, and then there was like kind of. I'm, I'm, I can't get into the full history of <laughs> like punk to hardcore to post-hardcore. But post-hardcore essentially has the aggression and sounds of hardcore music, but it's slowed right down. It's almost at like halftime a lot of the time. Yes. Okay. Then it's exactly what so you described. So it's, it's actually like the perfect melding with rap music. And yeah. Because hardcore, they do a bit of rapping in there, right? In hardcore, it's kind of screaming and shouting. Yeah, but it's just like really fast. Like, like you know, the, okay, to show my like a kind of like absence of knowledge on this theory, on this area. But like, what's the the, the big system of the down song with like? It's definitely not hardcore. <laughs> no, not that of co- that song itself. But isn't that little? I've, I've, frame. Been, I've been running to a lot of system of down. Like, oh, okay, fair. Um, Chop suey, that's the one. The little oh, like. Wake <laughs> up. But you can let me get to the table. <laughs> you want it. <laughs> but those kind of like. I want you. <laughs> I want you. <laughs> it's been way those, too many impressions on this episode of Cracked. Those rapid fire, um, like vocal inflections. Yeah. Well, System of a Down got the hip hop co-signed, didn't they? They made a lot of stuff with Wu Tang. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. So I guess there's also a bridge to it. RZA is a very eccentric guy, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like you know RZA. I feel like you've met RZA. I've met RZA. Oh, <laughs> RZA actually said I was like him. Really? Him. Yeah. That's a really cool compliment. Yeah. He was like, so you built yourself up to here. You started as an intern. And I was like, yeah, because I, I booked Wu-Tang. Ah. And so you were the one who booked Wu-Tang at the Opera House. Yeah. It nearly killed me. Yeah. Um, and I have too many stories to do with that. But I was showing him around and he was like, respect. Uh, actually, the out of the many stories, at like 3 a.m. after we've done these three shows, it nearly killed me. Raekwon, I was showing him out at like fucking, sorry, 3 a.m. I'm still tired just thinking about it with his girls. And he's like, yo, wow. Uh, this is a terrible impression. You ever in New York, hit me up. You get hip hop. Respect, <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks, Ray. Take it easy." <laughs> I was like, "I'm going to bed. Fuck." <laughs> it killed me, but I also self-actualized. Yeah, that's really yeah, that's every, every amazing. Member. Every member, every member, and God, did I pay for it emotionally? <laughs> that's so wild. If you keep tuning into Cracked, I'll just pull out the odd Wu Tang story. Yeah. That's really sick. It's yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Well, on the adjacency or continuing 
on the little post punky no no post hardcore hip hop well by the end of this season we'll get you well attuned and fluent in post hardcore think that oh, okay cool. i think post hardcore is like my kind of niche in this cuz like people will be like not niche but you know you have that like first genre that kind of like spans you into a greater spans of a genre mm. if that makes sense and people talk about this like weird genre i think it's called like rock <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. Oh my god. <sighs> and I just don't know enough about Help. it. Help. <laughs> I'm blinking twice. <laughs> I just don't know enough about it. And I need that kind of like thing that'll scratch my brain to kind of explore and delve in further and find all the little branch off tendrils and then that grows and grows and then I mm. know and get the whole picture. And do you feel like Shady Nasty is starting to scratch that itch for you? That is. And I don't I didn't really know where to go adjacent to it. So interestingly for me mm. when you brought up Shady Nasty, did you consider them rap music when you first heard them i considered them to have like rap vocal inflections and movements Mm. like the in the the hook obviously the hooks are very shouty and melodic and And they're very australian in their vernacular i love honestly i love that the lyrics are also what drew me i Mm. appreciate like the kind of lad-esque tone to them i mean you could also make an argument that every angle that we've explored on this theme of rap voices accent is so pertinent yeah across it all well even in this australian rap not to talk down on it i think we've got some good artists in here but it does have a limited spance of it you look so serious now (laughs) i feel like you're one step closer to being cancelled by <laughs> the Australian hip hop community. I no, no, I am I'm involved in the Australian hip hop community. I co I produce Australian hip hop in my own spare time. Bro. Then I'm trying to make it sound good. Like <laughs> we watch we, out. <laughs> there are plenty of great Australian hip hop artists, but I do think we lack a lot of that leaning onto our own accent. I think mm. a lot of our success stories as well come from Australians that end up rapping with like American accent vocal inflections. Yeah, for sure. And they're not bad. They sound really good actually, but I don't think we're really defining ourselves. Mm. And I think this is shady nasty at doing a lot in yeah. that sense. I mean, the first time I saw them play live was at the FBI Smack Awards. Ah, and, same. And I was like, oh, it's a post-hardcore band. Ah, I didn't okay, think fair. they were rap music yeah, at, yeah. at all. Yeah, I honestly didn't think about it until i showed it to a friend and it's like he he knows a bit about rock (laughs) and he was like oh it's yeah it's got like kind of like interesting rap elements to it and i had not really thought about it at all and and that kind of awoke me to it but now i maybe that's also what's kind of drawing me towards it Mm. it's that kind of that and of course like the unleash the rock dog within you (laughs) rock dog What's the, who let Rock the dog? Rock dog Luke. <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm doing now. <laughs> who let the dog? I feel out? like um, some Dave Fridman kind of character from like every rock documentary. Every let the rock dog out, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Unleash your rock dog. We need a we need a box every time Al does a like impression of sorts. Oh yeah, I'm cancelled in every state <laughs> except ACT. <laughs> They're long. They'll take anyone. <laughs> No, uh, I got to rescind our statement. We love the ACT. I do love the ACT. I spend Christmas. Oh, that's really in sweet. Canberra. I always have a good time in Canberra. Great shows there. Yeah, Questacon. Crazy artists in the best way possible. Yeah, that yeah. are dear friends of mine. Very cool. But back to Shady Nasty. I want to share a track. It's called G Shock. Um, and I was talking about the lyrics. One lyric that I really love is "No chains on my body." except the G-Shock. And I think it, that is the hardest lyric out. Like It's pretty It's pretty intense. Like, yeah. it's a bit of a, an awareness of the culture that we're in. Like, I don't know too many people in my local sphere and stuff that don chains. Like, chains aren't a stylistically significant thing. Obviously, mm. like, I'm a Lebanese individual and there are many <laughs> Lebanese individuals that appreciate wearing like chains adorned with like religious symbolism and things like that yeah. but 
like a bus down kind of chain thing that is just not prevalent yeah and i really love how they're kind of like leaning into it and out of all things to flex the g-shock, the g-shock. i can't say i've thought about g-shock in a long time <laughs> where's your g-shock you're, oh, not, wearing, not, you're not wearing a g-shock i'm not cool it. enough for a g-shock well i think g-shocks are if cracked become successful enough i will buy you a g-shock <laughs> thank you out for canberra <laughs> Other companies get Maybe it's like, like I can get some Foo Fighters themed G Shock <laughs> for you. For your inner rock dog. Other companies get Rolexes, we get G Shock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being with us for 20 years. Here's a Rolex to commemorate 20 episodes. If we hit the 20 episodes mark, Al gets me a G Shock. We can do it. We can do it. It'll be the first Rolly. <laughs> FBI radio history, that's for sure. The first jo- Jolly by G-Shock. G-Sholy? Jolly. Jolly? They're very ru- rigged. Rugged? Rugged. They last forever. And you know what else lasts forever? Post-hardcore? Yes. And my love for this song. Here it is. It's G-Shock. From Shady Nasty. Al's shaking his head. In the clutch and he's losing the plot. Watching me parallel park into the parking lot. Sit in my sides on a can of Diet Coke and some fried rice. The fast, the food, the thick of the white. I swear it's Peter Brock with the block. Tell me the evolution's got no choice but to put a flat let loose. I'm fucking feeding till it gets on boost. Leaving everything behind. And that's the best part of this tight grind. No chains on my body, said the G-Shock. Yes, yes. No signs on my body, said the G-Force. No chains on my body, said the G-Shock. All right. After Shady Nasty, I feel like we've almost reached the full gamut of rap voices. Like, we've hit a lot of different territories. Like, there's distorting your voice, pitching it up. There's the internal monologue, which is almost the complete opposite, sounding like the inside of your brain. There's the rap voices journalism or kind of truth-telling and storytelling. There's aging in rap and how you do that and how it makes you sound Mm. and the lyrical themes, but how the lyrical themes interact with your voice. And, of course, there's the OG rap game, you know, (laughs) competing with the competitors, pushing back on the haters. Well, I think really at its core, what you can kind of like boil it all down to is like almost a character, caricature-esque. Yeah. And in all these contexts, it's either like A, a caricature of someone completely detached from the individual, almost like acting-ish. Well, Mm. I guess some actors embrace that kind of intentional, like I'm going to portray myself, Um, but as well an exaggerated version of oneself. Oh, yeah. When you fully like crack this concept open... Like, it's a true blurring of what is real and what is projection and what is drawing from personal experience versus projection. And it's that kind of mix of fiction and nonfiction, which makes every single artist that we have talked about on this episode fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if you if you equate it to acting, like, some of these rappers are basically method actors, where they're just drawing from their own lives. Some of them are like the Clint Eastwood guy who just plays Clint Eastwood in everything, (laughs) whether it's a Western or they're in space, it doesn't matter. Or Gran Torino, where he plays old white racist. Yeah, he's he's real good (laughs) at being old and white and racist. What a classic... Character, we love Clint. No, I don't even know what my is in all our lives. I, I have no thoughts on Clint Eastwood. <laughs> and you know, there's the over-the-top method actors like Jared Leto. I don't like Jared nah, Leto. Leto. He's, he's, he's got some weird, a lot of weird dude energy. Yeah, a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, but he goes completely awol in most movies. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like the best version of that is maybe he's like. It's somebody like Nicki Minaj going turbo in her career. It's like really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it can be perplexing sometimes, but at minimum, it's always entertaining. Mm. But the the idea of the rap voice is a tool for the rapper as actor mm. in life and in art is, I think, the perfect analogy. Yeah. I think we've really cracked this one open. Oh, Al. my God. <laughs> 
We even got to talk about rock music. <laughs> yeah, rock music. Wow. <laughs> I think I've got I've got one last track I do want to share. And I think this kind of like encapsulates a lot of what we've kind of touched on. It's pretty uh, extra. <laughs> yeah. It's it's got FKA twigs on it. Mm-hmm. Um I am a huge fan of FKA twigs. I am not a huge fan of FKA really? twigs. I I've tried so many times. She's so good. I like like the first... I'm going to sound sold. I liked her early stuff, like <laughs> the first couple of EPs, obviously. Yeah. The first album's pretty good. Yeah. But I just can't... I just... For me, it's it's through and I through. Can't like do... Cap, was it the Capri songs? Yeah, oh, Capri song oh, Honda. The album before that, that was so bland and emo. Yeah. That's she even like- made Future sound boring. <laughs> I liked that song. What was it? Uh, I, that was actually produced yeah, by a lot of music people. Music video on the beach. Yeah. Um, that was actually a really good song. You say it was produced like by a lot of people. As in, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the multitude of people Which I'm that not saying it's a bad thing. On all it. the people that go like, the Beatles had four, two songwriters, and yeah. then Beyonce has 20. Like, I'm, I'm not of that ilk. Okay? Yeah. I'm not that old. <laughs> okay. I say produced as in like beat, like construct. I'm pretty sure Skrillex was involved on that. I'm pretty sure Kenny Beats was involved in that. Kenneth Instrumentals. Um, Got nothing to do with the rap voices, though, doesn't, does it? doesn't. We're going to play... I want to play this FKA Twig song. Well, it's actually a 645AR song. Um, 645AR, you may know as the mosquito voice guy. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> very, very high-pitched. But on this song, I think it complements and kind of ex- explores the whole gamut, one could say. Oh, yeah. When we say gamut, like we mean like... I feel like this is like an old person reference, but... If these two people were in Michael Mann's Heat... What's Michael Mann's Heat? Oh, my God. Don't worry. <laughs> so, you know how Al Pacino is just so over the top in his acting? Yeah. Surely you've seen Al Pacino in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is like the Al Pacino character. And then FK Twigs is just a normal person yeah, in the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes just, sense. Just being like... I don't know how to deal with this. Are we, <laughs> are we still rolling? I guess I'll say my line. And... I don't know if this guy is going to like punch me or do a line of coke. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that is the perfect analogy for this. I think that's the vibe. <laughs> that sums up the whole gamut of rap voices. Yeah, this song is called Some About You. It's from FK Twigs and mm-hmm. 645AR. Al doesn't like it when that's I do it the radio thing. League. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's the end of Cracked for today. Oh, yeah. We've got plenty more coming up this season. Yeah. Good night. Morning, noon, evening.